Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Andrew Shoptoff. C70 is that at C70 on Twitter with me. As always, Alan Medlock. Red Dirt, Redbird, A Medlock 1 on Twitter coming to you on Saturday morning, or at least that's when we're recording it. I have no idea when you're listening to it. Um, and the Cardinals win last night against the Brewers in a series that, you know, Alan, when we were recording last week, we were like, yeah, the Brewers are struggling. The Cardinals are off. We got a chance. Maybe they got a chance to, uh, you know, kind of knock the Brewers out of the race. And now it's like they just got to win this series to stay in first place. Uh, things kind of shifted a little bit this week. Yeah, it was – you kind of knew they weren't left for dead up there in Milwaukee. And uh, and it was one of those that riding the high of that Yankee series, you know, you, you get the off day and you head out to Colorado, which I, I uh, typically think – I typically expect them to play bad out there and for weird things to happen. And uh, – in not knowing, you know, it's tough to bet on what scenario is going to uh, to go out there, whether they're going to go off and score a ton of runs or if, or if the Rockies are going to go off and score a ton of runs. And and uh, ultimately, the outcome is one you can take. You would rather win the series, but it, it it they typically pay bad out there. And like you and I talked about, I was surprised that they had actually won the series in, in 18 and 19 because I was thinking it was so it had been so long since uh, they had actually went out there and played well. So it was one of those to even come back with that half-game lead last night was was nice, and to, to see them win the game last night makes you feel a lot better. But, you know, you always uh, – I always expect the worst when they go to Colorado. Yeah, it, it's fair. And I think, you know, we can see – we it's, it's something that's been talked about, you know, forever, the difference between Colorado and – everybody else um and i mean i'm just trying to pull up the standings but i'm fairly sure that we're going to see that the colorado has um yeah colorado is 33 and 28 at home and they're 18 and 36 away they they can even as as iffy as that team is um they can play at that at that altitude and it's just different enough for people that it's not there's no point in somebody like St. Louis trying to adjust to just adjust their game to Colorado because it's just three games and you're moving on. Um, but you know, the wide open, the, the, the big field, I, I think that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, the home runs are something, but the fact that there's just so much ground that you're going to get a lot of those singles and doubles and things like that, that you're not used to. Um, it's tough to cover all that ground. Yeah. It, it's just, it's funny too, because you just think the, uh, 
the ball flies out of there so easy, and it does. But the thing that that beats them a lot of times are those uh, dropped in singles that you see you put, get played a lot at Bush. It's yeah. always amazing to me some of the hits that you're thinking, okay, that's that's going to be snagged, and it turns into a base hit. Then in then the uh, the inning gets away from you. So uh, yeah, that's what's amazing to me about it is the is uh, just the vastness of the ballpark and, and some of the just the weird scenarios you see there that you don't see in the heat in uh, in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, that that all being said, it was still really weird to see Miles Michaelis just you know kind of implode there. Yeah, um, yeah. We were just bragging about him a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, these things, you know, clunkers happen, but right, you're right. exactly right. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, this is the guy you probably want starting this first game. I wonder also, you know, one of the things, that, and it kind of goes to what we're saying here, right? One of the things that the Cardinals have had forever um, is this pitch to contact idea. Well, you know, in Colorado, I think pitch to contact gets you a little dangerous because you're, yeah. you're right. You're going to get those flare balls that go in. And, and, and there were some balls against michaelis i didn't see all of his his outing but i saw a little bit of it and felt like there were some hits that were just kind of flukes you know yeah. or there's some you know just got out of the reach of somebody or whatever the case may be and then it just piles up and adds on um and then the relief you know packy naughton didn't have it that night and and then you had tj mcfarlane come in for his final cardinal appearance um but yeah i mean that was so you see 16 to 5 that's that's ugly but you know, they shook it off. They come back, they win the next day. And, um, and then the last game, you know, they get down, but they had a chance in the ninth with Goldschmidt and Arenado up. I mean, that, you know, one good swing and they wind up winning that series too. Yeah. And it's always one of those, uh, um, that's a great point because that's, that's one of those games where you're rushing to catch that flight home anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the big Milwaukee series, uh, you lose the lead late. Uh, you know, you're down eight to two at that point. That's one of those where you could kind of check it in and maybe just roll with it. But yeah, but they didn't. I mean, and, you know, and they had they're hit away from being right in the middle of the ball game, and uh, if if not, you know, stealing that last one and winning the series. So yeah, that that's what you want to see. You want to get you want to see them putting themselves into that situation to win. And man, they they're doing a good job of it right now. You know, they look how quickly they they put them away last night. You know, and it's yeah. I I don't know. I think from being on the outside and, and not seeing as much in Arizona, but I don't know if we've ever seen Goldschmidt this good. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, you know, we talked about when they when the Cardinals traded for him. You know, he, he kind of struggled that first year, and then, you know, then there was the COVID year. And I don't think we've ever, except for, you know, like what, like the month of, was it month, the month of June or July last year or something? There was one month where he was just on fire, player of the year month, you know, had, 10 home runs or something like that. Um, but for a consistent stretch, no, I think this is as good as we've ever seen him. Um, and this is what the Cardinals were looking for. Not that he's been a disappointment by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is more of what they thought they would be getting. In, and to be fair, this is what they thought uh, out of, of Nolan, too, uh, when they traded for him. Because last year, those two didn't click the way that they're clicking this year. Yeah, I, and you know what? I it's I still feel validated in the theory that that first year has got to be tough, and sure. you know, just it, you know, incorporating into the new culture, into the system, and 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 it's funny we talk about the uh, that first year being rough, and you and I have said that forever, but you know, tough is relative. Well, I mean, when you look at that new that first year of Goldschmidt, you're just like, ah, pretty good numbers. But I remember he did not come through in some big spots, and I we made the comment. 
he's going to end up with really good numbers in year one. But some of the stop, the spots that he didn't step on are the ones that we're going to remember the most. And it seems like that was the case in still what was a heck of a year. Um, but I mean, it's just another stratosphere right now, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it, they're just, and both of them really right now are smoking hot, but Goldschmidt has been very, very impressive this year. Yeah. I mean, Goldschmidt's at 28 homers. His career high is, it looks like 36. So he's got a chance to go past that. Um, and it's, and he hasn't, you know, he hit 34 his first year in St. Louis. You're right. But, you know, he hit 260 that year and he's hit yeah. 331 this year. I mean, you're right. It's, he's got, you know, I mean, he's an MVP. I mean, he's literally the MVP front runner, unless it's Nolan Arenado who's yeah. behind him. Um, and, you know, he's been in the MVP con- conversation most of his career. Looking at the line there, he was, he finished second, second, 11th, third, sixth, 20th, 15th, sixth. Um, so he's, it's not like he's ever been, you know, a disappointment, but, this is this is something different, and it's really interesting to see, you know, at age thirty four, um, about the time that you start thinking, okay, it's going to start tapering off um, for him to to hit this level, and you know, he changed bats up this year, which seems to make. I mean, I mean, that, you hate to say that, but it seems like it's made nope. a difference, right? I mean, there's a lot. Oh of yeah, with yeah. that bat that have have had career years. Uh, yes. I know. I agree with that. And I, and I, well, I don't, I didn't laugh that in jest. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. it's funny because Goldschmidt was the one that was highlighted with that. And then they said that, uh, that, that Arenado was right after him after he saw what was happening. And now you see not only Gorman use it, but guys throughout the league using the technology. I've noticed that a lot lately. And I was like, man, these fads have taken off, you know, and still for somebody that still buys some wood bats, that has become big in the in the amateur level too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, you know that they always mimic what happens in the big leagues anyway. Sure. But yeah, it's funny how quickly these things can take off, and you have to think that has a lot to do with success. Whether that's mm-hmm. on there, you know, I've always heard that these guys can can detect a half ounce in these bats that their hands are that good. But, so I would think that the technology works for them. Where maybe it is, maybe a little bit mental. You know where the balance is there, and 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 uh, and that's that's the beauty of hitting in baseball. You know that's uh, these finite uh, adjustments can make huge numbers. Yeah, you're right. You you've heard about um, people like Ted Williams, and the bat would be marked, and they pick it up and say it's that's not right. It's off by you know, a quarter of an ounce or something like that. You know, and they can they can tell that kind of difference. So, um, and yeah, it, you're right. I I wonder that if in you know five years or so or 10 years even the traditional bats are harder to find you know because everybody's kind of shifted to this because i agree i've seen it around the league and you know the big leaguers have the opportunity to get it you know custom made for them and exactly for what it works you know they go to the the drive lines and things like that or they go to whatever paul you know the golf guy that, that the goldschmidt went to or whatever but they get it tailored for them um and the and the amateurs don't necessarily have that but still um, if it's that effective, um, yeah, it's, it's going to take off. Um, so yeah, Cardinals come home half game up. They win last night and, you know, and again, we're talking to the same thing. Goldschmidt with a two run Homer and Nolan with a home run later on. And, you know, we talked so long last year about when are these two guys going to get clicking at the same time, but probably for the last what month, two months, maybe. That's what's been happening, and it's been, 
I mean, you really have to probably go back to that 2004 team to see that kind of stuff, that kind of, you know, star power on <laughs> play at the same time. Yeah. Edmonds noted, I mentioned that last night as well. Um, the, uh, it, we have kind of wondered what it was going to be. And, uh, I know that that's another topic we're going to get to a, a little bit later, but, uh, but those two are just carrying them right now. And they're, it, it's actually really exciting to watch. And it has been a long time since we've seen that. I mean, it was, it was one of those, uh, you know, last night it was the situation where after after Goldie hits the bomb in the first inning, you almost expected Arnado to do it right behind him. You know, mm-hmm. one of those deals. And that's 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 just crazy product, productivity right now. And it's something that, that I think that we've been longing for a little bit. And that, not to say that the last year was disappointing and, right. and whatnot, but it just shows what two super superstars will do for you. Yeah, and again – it felt like a lot of the time last year they were just being carried by one guy. It just depended on which guy it was, right? It changed. Um, you know, cause sometimes it'd be Nolan. Sometimes it'd be an Arnado. Or sometimes it'd be Goldie. Um, but now to get that kind of production consistently from two is, uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. And, and that's one of the big reasons that the Cardinals are in first place now. Um, Instead of it, you know, pairing that kind of offense with pretty, pretty good pitching. And, you know, last night we saw Jordan Montgomery come out, though, 108 pitches, his career high, or at least a season high, um, and shut out innings. You know, the more I read about that trade, you see about Yankee fans that were just, you know, blown by the fact that he was traded. And you look around the league and people are amazed. I can't. I mean, this is really going to, this right now, I mean, again, small sample size of two starts and 11 innings, but right now this could be the steel trade of the deadline for, for anybody. This has been really impressive. It has been. And it's, uh, it, it was one of those to where we talked about it last week, how, how beneficial this may be for him to get out of Yankee stadium a little bit. And uh, it, that there may be some of that, but it may be the fact that he's just pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny he gets overshadowed so much on the national media just because you hear more of what the Yankees don't have than what they do a lot of yeah. times. And I think that he got he was overshadowed by the fact that they were missing some pretty big arms or they felt like they were an arm short or whatnot. But uh, but it seems like that's going to work out well for the Cardinals. Um, I I it's I I don't know if this is the time for it, but I know that some of this is just a popular thing to do now. But I always liked Harrison Bader and his his video and mm-hmm. his uh, mm-hmm. and his and his write up was really impressive. I thought with him, I know there's probably a part of a Bader that's glad he gets to go to New York, but you could tell that he was probably a St. Louis player through and through, and that maybe that's some of the culture that the Yankees are looking for up there too. But but to see that uh, to see his his departure work out the as well as it did this week to 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 stack on that the performance last night. And, uh, man, you, you have to feel pretty good about that trade. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, you're talking about Bader. We'll talk about him a little bit before we get back. But I agree. Yeah, he definitely felt like he didn't want to leave St. Louis, even though you're right, he's going home, and that might be the best, the only chance, only place he would go that, that would not feel completely weird. But I also feel like, you know, we've heard Albert Pujols say that last year with the Dodgers, they had that, you know, that winning culture that, you know, the Cardinals typically have. And I imagine the Yankees have a similar type of thing. I mean, sure. It's going to have a, its own little spin on it, but he's going to an organization that's that's going to feel familiar to him in that regard. Um, 
and you know i know he's going to be looking forward to producing for them and, and he's trying to get healthy so he can but um and i hope he does i i think but you're right i i, I don't think anybody wanted now nobody wanted harrison bader to leave now now a year or two ago that might have been a different story but i i think he had you know between the improved offense and just the amazing defense that he had he'd, he'd won over a lot of people um but so it's good to, it's good to see that montgomery doesn't seem to be a guy that they just kind of gave harrison bader away for you know this is yeah. a quality arm that they've brought in and i wonder this is kind of something i've been thinking about you know this offseason there's not really I hate to say there's nothing for the Cardinals to do. There's no glaring spot for the Cardinals to fix, right? I mean, they're going to have five, six, seven starters under control for next year. They've got everything, but, well, and even catcher has, you know, everybody's got a spot there, especially if Paul DeYoung is back like we've seen him. Um, and they're going to lose, you know, they're using losing Yachty's money. They're losing... Wayno's money and and well if, unless Wayno comes back they're losing um Pujols's money which is minimal uh, mm-hmm. they're they're not, they're not necessarily clearing a lot of payroll but there's nothing much for them to do I wonder if Montgomery's not a guy that they go to and try to extend past I know they have one more year of control but if they don't try to extend him a little bit farther and, and get uh you know because I don't know that there's anybody else that that is in line for that kind of extension that I can think of right now off the top of my head um or that you know we get that i mean and especially because you know you don't know necessarily what you'll get with jack flaherty even next year um and flaherty can be gone after that because you're not going to get an extension for flaherty right now there's just i mean he's not going to do that um so being able to have a guy like montgomery for more than just the next year i, I that feels like something they would do yeah i yeah, i had that exact same thought last night I was, I was like, well, you know, they, they pull these plugs and you know that they, uh, they turn over every stone to get these, these deals done. And mm-hmm. I wondered if that was not, if that's the profile they looked for, that if performance is good this year, that, that you probably look into extending a guy again with his age, with his, uh, with the profile that he brings and, you know, w- with the experience of pitching in a place like New York, you know, that's, uh, it, it it would make a lot of sense. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I think we be we get guilty of, of jumping the ball, jumping the gun. I am the worst about that. I always think about it. I was like, man, just this book him up now, so we, you don't have to deal with it later. But that's the path of least resistance, where you just get tired of hearing about it. Um, but yeah, that I I think that that was a, that is a move they made with the thought that that was probably the direction they were going to try to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you're right. Two games, you, you don't want to get too far along the way. And, and this would be different if it was like a guy that had not necessarily had success and then all of a sudden was having it in St. Louis. That's a different story. You know, you don't you don't jump on that. Or a guy that, you know, it's kind of like the arms that we've seen last year, right? Like, you know, do they need to extend a, a TJ McFarland or something, even though that's a different type of situation? Uh, you know, if a guy that hasn't necessarily been good lately seems to have found a new thing, maybe you don't just jump on that. But a guy like Montgomery, where he's you know still young in his career to some degree, he's 29 this year, um, and has had success. Um, I feel like that's a guy that they'd be interested in extending. Now again, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, and he that may not be something he wants. Although, you know, it means he's going into the uh, free agent market as a 30, going into his 31 season. That that 
might not necessarily be attractive to him either the way the free agent market has been as well lately. So um, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Like I said, I just don't, I was kind of thinking about what kind of moves the Cardinals might make this off season. And, you know, unless they pair up some things and make a trade for a bigger person, I mean, there's just not, there's not a, there's not a free agent that we can start looking at them going out and getting, you know, we've kind of, it seems like the last couple of years there's been this one guy that, you know, we didn't necessarily think the Cardinals were going to get, but we think they should be in on or something like that. Yeah, I don't know that that's, you know, there's an obvious one of those. And I don't know if there's an obvious spot given what this team has, um, unless they make some sort of trade that we don't see. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, uh, I looked at it and it's, you, you want to see how, uh, quickly the, uh, well, you know, you're right. I mean, you want to see the shortstop market, how quickly it quiets down for it with the Cardinals. That's the first thing people are going to ask if, if DeYoung is going to be playing a lot. Um, you know, the outfield, how much tweaking is it going to need? But but you're right. There's no glaring need. And things have fallen into place. And it's one of those to where they, they're, I, I feel like, comfortable contractually with a lot of these guys, too, that, uh, that shows that, you know, the needs may not be there. Maybe more of a want. Yeah, because, I mean, they didn't go – if they weren't in on the shortstop market last year, they're not going to be this year, right? Because it's yeah. not nearly as good as it was last year. And now they know Tommy Edmond can play over there. You know, you've got to find room for Nolan Gorman at second. You know, I just don't – you know, they're not going to get a big contract in there to, you know, kind of tie that up. And, yeah, outfield, you know, you've got – you're going to have O'Neill and you're going to have Carlson and you're going to have Newt Barr, and then you've got – you know, Burleson, that's right there. And you've got to make sure you've got spot for Jordan Walker in, you know, either the second half of next year or in 2024. I don't see you going out and getting a big guy there unless, unless you're, you know, unless you want to move on from Tyler O'Neill, which that's, I don't think that's where they want to go. I don't think they would, but especially not after last year, this has been a rough year for Tyler O'Neill. Um, you know, we've talked about it some. He's had the injuries. You know, he's he significantly struggled since he came off the, the injured list at the beginning of July. He's, it's, you know, we're here right about a month now, and he's hitting 164 over that stretch with just a couple of home runs. Uh, he misplayed a ball very badly, I, I felt like, last night, um, you know, to turn into a triple uh, that led to the Brewers' only run. Um you know, they've tried him, you know, last night they tried him and, you know, hit the second. They've tried him in different places. Um, and he just doesn't seem to want to get on track. Now, I'm not saying that they should move on. I'd like to see them stay committed, but that feels like, you know, I don't I don't know what's going to go on there. Um, because it's, it's, I think, easy to say, whether it's true or not, it's easy to say that last year was kind of the career year and you're never going to see that Tyler O'Neill again. Yeah, it's frustrating. <clears throat> I mean, I had high hopes on him and and uh, had even thought within the past, you know, six weeks or so when he came back healthy, if he comes back and hits anywhere close to what he did last year, they're going to be extremely dangerous. Right. Uh, that lineup is just going to be long. And, uh, you know, now in his defense, last night he was called out on his first at bat on a terrible call, third mm-hmm. strike pitch. Um, and I understand that they're, they're going to try to keep him in that two hole when he's in the lineup, try to, to jumpstart him, which I like. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you want to see something fairly quickly happen just because you're running out of the, uh, you're running out of those controllable years and you're going to have to make a decision regardless. 
it's just so frustrating because I feel like the little injuries are the things that have just hurt him the worst. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to come back with even the, the slightest uh, drop in production and you start thinking, well, how long are we going to have him at this production before he gets hurt again? And, and, and that's tough. I mean, and I agree with you last night. You know, there's probably a million things that could have happened on that triple, but it did seem like that there he was almost mentally checked out on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he made that he was moving. He moved through the ball like it was gone, you know, like it was over the fence. And he got a little late jump. But, I mean, when you look at those things in, in a bubble, you kind of think that, uh, you know, he's probably wearing a whole lot right now. Yeah. Yeah, now, to be fair, O'Neal is only this year, his first year of arbitration eligibility. So they have him for three years under that kind of control. And, you know, that's an, it'd be an interesting case if he did go to arbitration. I mean, you know, for one, he's got the power. We saw what he did last year. But the, the club argues, well, this is what he is this year. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't see them moving on from him. I think that he's out there, but, yeah, I, you know, um, and again, even so, even if you, if you start, you know, if he's hurt or whatever, then you do have guys like Burleson and Walker that are just right there knocking on the door that you don't necessarily go out and get a, a big game for, name for. Um, and then, yeah, your infield is pretty much set, you know, unless you want to go out and get a, a big, deal catcher but i just don't i just don't think the cardinals are ready to do that i, I i've been a very i don't know if i was so surprised a little bit surprised just because of you know yachty really is out for what two months or whatever it was you know with fatigue and injuries and legs and all this kind of stuff and you think okay well when he comes back they're gonna be you know cautious with him or whatever you know andrew kisner has six at bats in the last Two weeks. Yeah, yeah, um, that. Yeah, yes. and I don't know that he would have gotten a couple of those at bats if it hadn't been for the game that got rained out and they had a doubleheader. Um, basically, Yachty's playing all the time, um, which fine. I mean, Yachty's done pretty well. I mean, he seems like he's a little bit rejuvenated. Um, although, again, just you, you can't he can't hit a ground ball or it's an automatic, yeah, out or whatever. But you know, I'm I I just don't know if that means the club is just they've moved on from Kisner, which I don't sure if that's fair. Uh, although they can judge better than I, I don't know that he's had necessarily had a real, I felt like he was starting to hit pretty well right before Yachty came back that last yeah. stretch. He's kind of starting to figure stuff out. And now he's back on the bench. Um, and then I don't know what they think about Herrera. I mean, if, if either one of those guys you think is going to be a major league catcher, I don't know that you go out and spend money on a, Wilson Contreras or anything like that. Yeah. And that's, you know, as much as exciting as that would be with what he brings, I have, he's probably going to, you know, he's going to be super expensive and I know what you mean. I, I completely understand what you're saying, but yeah, that would be the one area. And that was the first thing that popped to my mind. I was like, well, do they try to upgrade back there or do they try to grow with these two guys? And you know, I something tells me that they're just not going to, that they're going to bring somebody in, but I'm not so certain it's not more of the uh, Austin Romine types or, you yeah. know, the Heinemans or something like that. Just to, just to see, you know, just to, I don't, and, and that's one of those situations too, to where that's tough to bring in a catcher late. So their feet will kind of be to the fire this off scene as, as far as catching goes, they're either going to have to commit or, or, uh, or maybe move on. And, and that'll be inter- interesting to watch. And it kind of makes me want to know who else is out there catcher wise that could come in to help. But, um, boy, those are big shoes to fill. And, 
you know, it, it's going to be tough. But, but that is something that you may want to circle just to see what they what direction they decide to go with that. Yeah, I will say I'm looking at the on MLB trade rumors. They have a list of, of you know free agents to be. Um, one name that stands out um, to me is Tucker Barnhart. Not that well, he yeah. you know hits a lot, but the defense that he has brought. I agree. Um, and I think the Reds have you know they've kind of moved into their replacements on him, so he could be available. I don't know. The well, it, he is in Detroit now. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's in Detroit. Yeah, he was in that offseason trade, and I kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah, I, and I—that's a name that I'd wondered as well because I've always kind of liked him. Yeah, uh, that—that's uh, true. I forgot that they had the Reds did have the replacement. They moved on already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a guy. Um, you know, Christian Vasquez, who just got traded to the Astros, is a as a free agent. Um, you know, maybe you go that way. I, other than that, I mean, I'm just not seeing names that at least interest to me. I mean, you got like I said, you got Contreras out there, but that's that's definitely offense for. And I don't know that that's the way the Cardinals want to go. Uh, Gary Sanchez, same type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's it's not a, a huge catching work. I think you can get a guys that are – you can get guys that you can still work with either Kistner or Herrera. But you can't work with both. I mean, one of those guys – one of if you sign a catcher, either Kistner or Herrera is gone, right? I mean, I just, I just don't see that you can – I don't think you could spend another year of Herrera at, at triple a. Yeah. Most part. Um, yeah, and- no, I, it, you know, I agree with that. And it's that he, his promotion this year tells the tale on that a lot. I think, right. You know what I mean? If he didn't get called up this year, then you're like, okay, well maybe, you know, this is next year. He'll get that, that a really good chance to play. But yeah, him coming up this year kind of says, well, you know, they can't just, they can't just stockpile him down there. So, and so either they go with both, or one, but not, you know, or one moves on. Right, I agree right. with you. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that also Kisner's two for six in his six at bats since the audio got back. Yeah. So he's still getting, I mean, there's singles and it's not, you know, uh, he's striking out a couple times too, but I mean, for an eighth place hitter. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, I agree. But with this, yeah. and I, I do feel like that with this lineup, the production you get out of a good catcher is a bonus, you know, right. but it can't be, you know, you know, net positive type situation that that uh, that Kisner was at one point this year. Yeah, I mean earlier it was, and and again, I'm not great at you know necessarily judging defensive capabilities on on Kisner. I know there's been some complaints about him, and I don't know if the club is like, look, you know, the little bit of offense we get is not offset by what we're seeing, yeah. You know, yeah. framing and all this other stuff. Um, Let's see, Yachty, since he came back, by the way, I just wanted to see this. Uh, hitting 207, 6 for 29, um, and no extra base hits, uh, just a couple walks. So, yeah, that's, you know, and that's pretty much what we've seen from Yachty all year, right? I mean, that's when he's been healthy. Um, he just, I mean, he, he doesn't drive the ball terribly much. And, again, if you hit the ball on the ground, you know, the guy can make a sandwich before he throws him out. So, um I don't know. I mean, but Yachty, I mean, and I get that. Yachty's going to play, uh, especially since this is the last two months of his career. He's going to play. But I, I just thought they would alternate Kisner a little bit more. And the fact that they're not makes me wonder, you know, what they think about Kisner going for next year. So that is maybe the one place of intrigue to look at next year for in the offseason. But this is really going to be, I mean, the last couple of off seasons, except for, you know, like 
the big Nolan, that big trade that came late in the year uh, in January uh, for Nolan a couple of years ago. You know, we've we've complained about the off seasons being quiet, and you know, we've, but at least we've had something to look at. I, I just don't. I think this is going to be quite off season because I just don't think that there's much that the Cardinals want to do except unless they package up some stuff for a trade that that we don't see right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. That could make it exciting, you know, yeah. to see uh, how they feel like and how they finish this year and what they feel like they can go do. Um, yeah, but but I mean, like right now, this is about as complete as a roster has felt in a long time, mm-hmm. and that uh, and that's exciting. I mean, it's uh, that you know they call up the young, and I know that uh, there's a lot of pushback of how much he's played, but he's he's actually produced. Yeah, and, and you you think that the rest is probably going to be good for Edmund and Gorman, and uh, and to see how uh, how things play out for both of them, and and even though right now you know they're they're hurting to find a a. Uh, a locked in leadoff guy, but they have options. And that's, and that's something that, that, that would have been a glaring weakness two years ago that we would have thought, Oh man, they're in trouble. But now the lineup is so, it, they have so much depth in the lineup that it's not a major issue. Yeah. And, and being able to push Tommy Edmond closer to that utility spot that he probably is best at, you know, has been a good thing. Uh, I mean, DeYoung has come up and, and now has, I think, a a similar OPS plus to what Edmund has, you know, in, just in this stretch, if you can get some power out of, out of DeYoung, then I think that helps. And, and Edmund still helps the team, but I don't, yeah, like I said, I, we've moved away from Edmund being that everyday lead off guy to playing in certain spots. And I think that's, you know, that's good for the team. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, again, we're usually talking about how the Cardinals need to go get pitching, but they've got, even if Wainwright doesn't come back, they've got what five or six starters under control for next year. And a couple in my, you know, they probably got, they could probably go eight starters, um, maybe, maybe seven without Wainwright. But, you know, you know, it, are you going to run into injuries? Yeah, probably. But as, as John Mosellock said, you know, it becomes difficult to go out and sign a free agent pitcher when you can't guarantee what their innings are going to be yeah. because of, of everybody else. So, yeah, I mean, DeGrom's going to be out there. I don't think anybody expects the Cardinals. I mean, would you want that? I mean, obviously he's a great talent, but the health issues that he has, with the money that he's going to revolve, I don't think I'd want the Cardinals necessarily involved in that. Yeah, and, and that could get a little ugly. You know, mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't anticipate that to be easy negotiations or, or how they're going to gonna work that. Um, I, there's part of me. Are are you surprised that they're going to make a, an attempt back at a, as a starter this year? Oh, for Flaherty? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that uh, how you were talking about? I was talking about in the off season with Jacob Degrom being in a free. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For no. some reason, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought we were talking about the extended. Uh, yeah, no, but you're right. Well, I mean, no, it's the same type of it's the same type of issue though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Similar, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder about that because they one they have the money and two they. Um, that I mean, you can build on that, but you're right. I mean, it never seems, and it's weird. It's the injuries that there never seems to be. It's always a rest and no, no surgery type deal. It, it, what it is is it is just a situation to where there's really no clarity on how on why Degrom was always injured and then comes back up throwing 100 miles an hour. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. And and yeah. I wondered about that. Yeah, and I apologize. I thought you were talking yeah. about the extended yeah, numbers we had because I was. I was at one time. I just got shifted. 
shifting gears in my head, I think. Okay, um, cool. And, and you're but, right, though. I think Flaherty is a is an interesting um, person to talk about. You're right. I'm not too surprised that they want him to come back as a, as a starter because I think they've realized this helps. It doesn't rush him back, you know? Yeah. And I, I think they've definitely probably learned their lesson. And I think they would like to say that maybe Flaherty has as well from the last time. Although again, I'm not a hundred percent sure that the shortened rehab had anything to do with Flaherty getting hurt again. Um, but maybe it did. Um, so they're going to take their time, but you know, if he could come and start, man, that, that postseason ro- rotation is, is something, right? I mean, you've got Wainwright, Michaelis, Flaherty, if he's kind of on his game, which is always iffy, even if, but uh, after this kind of layoff, but if he gets a month of good, good Flaherty outings, you've got Flaherty in there and then you've got Quintana and Montgomery. I mean, one of those two don't make starts in the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah. That's a that's a reasonable place to be. I'm not saying it's like, you know, this, you know, the what was it, 2011 Phillies that had that huge, that great rotation that you know that didn't go very far. But, um, but it's a solid rotation that'll keep you in ball games, especially with this offense. Sure. Um, you know, you gotta like, you gotta like Flaherty as a starter, and I don't know if they just don't feel like that he just doesn't work as a reliever. You know, they'd have to work so many, you know, they didn't want, they want the the regularness of getting up every five days. They didn't want to, you know, have to warm him up and sit him down, that kind of stuff. I'm guessing that has something to do with it too. If we, you know, we've kind of talked about that, but other pictures in the past. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, are you a little, is that, is that something you just thought they were just getting back in any sort of, any form or fashion? Well, as you get into August, you just wonder how much time, how much runway he has to uh, yeah. to shrink to stretch out. But that may not be the plan. I mean, it may be a four to five inning stint from him, regardless of whatever they're going to do. You know, at most, so it, that it, that could be. I was surprised when they came back, but you know, he did. Was it last night or the night before that he actually threw? Uh, um, I think it was yesterday afternoon. With oh, okay, game. yeah. So the uh, you know, obviously they're rushing him back. So that's uh, <laughs> I it kind of makes me wonder what direction they feel like they're going to go with Hudson. Um, and I mean, which, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced that he's healthy enough to take that spot or not. And, or, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird to rush him back into what could be just a crowded race, but if he is effective, that's, you're going to be pretty, you're going to be a tough out. Well, and I mean, you know, they're used to four to five innings, out of Dakota Hudson. So yeah, he, that's true. It's not like he has, it's not like he's, you bring in Flaherty and he's replacing a guy that goes seven or eight. Um, and they've got guys like, you know, I guess Hudson would go to the bullpen. Although I was listening to the Cardinal off guys and, you know, they're kind of, their point is he doesn't really work in the bullpen with his, you know, walk rates and stuff like that. And I think that's, there's something to that for sure. But, and then you've got Palante um, and you've got others that could cover that gap. Um, if he's only going four or five, I don't think you have to feel like you have to push him out. Um, at least not right now. Um, and you know, September they get to expand to 28 and I, you know, it's at a, another, uh, probably at least one more arm comes up. Um, then, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, obviously 
the results were not great yesterday for Flaherty. He pitched a little over an inning, um, gave up, I think, three runs and threw 35 pitches. They weren't really looking at the results, obviously. Sure. But, you know, and if he's fine today, I think that's the biggest thing. And he'll go out, you know, in five days and do another start. But at some point in time, you do want to see a good rehab start. Because that was, you know, he had only had a couple of, you know, they weren't great necessarily last time around. I guess they were. I guess they were. They were pretty dominant, if I think about it. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see, I, you know, I don't think you count on much from Flaherty this year. Um, but if he brings anything, if nothing else, he's a, you know, that arm is rested. Um, and yeah, that could be yeah, a good point. Postseason. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, something that I hadn't thought about. Um, yeah, it just seems so few and far between with him. It's, yeah. it's easy how you forget somebody with that kind of talent. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they, that, and actually, I'm actually fairly optimistic about it after after hearing you talk. I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you go into a three game set where you're hosting potentially the Padres, maybe, or you know, you know, whoever it is, you feel pretty good about having those three. Um, or if you can have that competition, who those three may be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't feel like like, and that's the thing about the postseason too, right? Is unless you're really dominant, you don't really get to set your lineup or rotation, especially after that first series, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, if you get past the first season series, the second series, maybe you have to start with your number three because that's just how you've had to use pitchers or something like that. The Cardinals right now don't have that dominant number one guy. I mean, Michaelis is pretty close to rid that and, and Wainwright can be on his, you know, at good, at most, most of the time out, he's, he's going to be close to that. Um, but everybody in that rotation can give you a quality start. If, if you get, especially if you get a good Flaherty, um, you know, that just adds to that. And so I think that's better because um, I'd rather not have a, a, in the way the postseason is now, I mean, back in, back in 2001, when the Diamondbacks won, you could do it with Schilling and uh, Johnson you know, just kind of riding it. Cause they were, you know, pitching a lot more often and all that, but with the expanded postseason and, and the way the pitchers go now, um, I think you need quality throughout the whole thing. And that's the Cardinals have that. Um, does that make them a, a world series favorite? No, but you know, can they compete with a Dodgers team in a short series? I, I think they can. I agree. I don't, know, I don't know if that they would come out on the top, but I don't, I think there's a possibility they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you would you feel like you could throw your best punch, you right. know, one of those situations. I I'm pretty confident about that. I mean, I've yeah, this series kind of goes a long way for me. You know, you're getting we're mid August. Let's see what we could do. Maybe maybe go on a little run right here, win this series, um, and 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 then start figuring some things out. Play well the rest of the season. Get everybody healthy. Maybe get O'Neill to uh, you know, on the uptick a little bit and and just see what we can do. I feel pretty confident in any three-game series as is right now. This is the way that they're playing. Now, that's also – you probably have the, the hottest hitter on the planet, you know, so things could change. But, but yeah, I feel like anybody in the, in the National League, I feel like you could you could compete with. Well, and, I mean, you know, we just saw the Cardinals win three from the Yankees. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they can play in that realm. Can they do it consistently? You know, I don't know. If you put – you know, over the over the course of the year, the Dodgers are a better team, or the Yankees yeah. are a better team. But in a short series, a five or even a five or seven game series, you know, you you've got a good chance. Um, 
and so that's really all you can ask for now right now there is a little bit of it was like i guess question weak spot maybe i don't know you've got Genesis cabrera and you've got you know he struggled against colorado he's really struggled somewhat since that game where he gave it four, gave four innings at the beginning of july going into the between that game that he gave up four innings he pitched four innings and going into the Colorado game, he had a 3.77 ERA, which is a little bit high for a reliever anyway, a 5.49 uh, FIP, and he's walked nine guys in 14 in the third innings. Um, and then, of course, he gave up four runs in no innings, and all those numbers went way up, uh, and gave up two homers uh, to boot. Um, what do you, I mean, and then with Hicks, it feels like Hicks can pitch a really good inning. But don't bring him out for a second inning. I need to yeah. go look at the numbers, but it, it feels like a lot that he struggles in that second inning of work for whatever reason. Um, are you concerned about either one of the guys, especially Cabrera? Because they've kind of leaned on him. You know, early on it was it was Cabrera, Gallegos, and Helsley. Yeah, and it feels like especially Cabrera, but and, and somewhat Gallegos have, have kind of fallen off there. And now it's like, well, we saw it last night. Helsley went for two innings. Uh, against the Brewers in a situation. I was really surprised at that. And I guess that, I mean, does that tell you something about who was available or just how much they trust some of these guys? Well, you know, I wondered about that. All that Marmol said after the game was, I really wanted this one tonight. Because mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. I just about messaged you when he came out in the eighth. And I was like, man, this this could put you in a tough spot for the rest of the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I think he does have confidence in, in some of the other guys. But I'm right there with you on Hicks and, uh, and Cabrera. And that's the one thing that that is so tough to uh, to kind of say just just because I felt like it, at one point those two were just automatic, you know, more so Cabrera than Hicks. But I just felt like, man, you bring those guys in, you're going to have these guys are tough to hit. To now to where it doesn't necessarily seem that way, and it seems like their innings get a little closurous, as in the, you know the anxiety comes on because they typically walk a guy, and you know you have the unfortunate hit, you know, one of those type of situations that can be a little bit nauseating. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it, uh, honestly. And where I thought the uh, the bullpen was locked down and ready to go, I'm, I'm just not sure that's the case. But but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, we'll see how rest works. It's just more you used to – I love having that uh, insurance policy of Gallegos, but that's just – I don't know if that exists anymore. Yeah, Gallegos, Gallegos can do it. We saw that you know, against the Yankees. Um, but it feels like, you know, and I'd have to look at the numbers, but so often that he'll give up, you know, a home run or, or at least a run in his outings. And, you know, if you've got a two run lead, that's fine. But some of those guys, you know, sometimes coming in with one or a tie game or something of that nature. And it does feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent in the bullpen, but it's a little bit volatile. Um, which is, to some degree, the nature of a bullpen. I mean, you know, with, with uh, short, you know, sample sizes, you know, all it, there's not very many teams that have just, you know, a lockdown guy that comes in in the sixth and seventh and eighth and nine, you know, whatever. Um, and to, to have Helsley in the back of that is is huge. I mean, the Cardinals don't have that anxiety very much. I mean, not that it doesn't happen occasionally. Um, you know, I, last night, you know, we gave a, a base hit to Colton Wong, which, okay, but that just brought the tying run up. And you, 
I wasn't worried, but I was like, eh, it's the Brewers, you know, you know, maybe something happens. Stranger things have happened. I kind of thought the same thing. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I don't worry about him like we used to worry about Trevor Rosenthal and Jason Isringhausen and even, you know, but, you know, how long will this last too? I mean, it's relievers and, and you, you figure this year's good for Helsley and probably next year, but then who knows about that? Cause that's, you know, what Gallegos was, right? Two years ago, he was the guy, the shutdown guy that would didn't, you know, come into those bases loaded situations and always get the guys out. And now it's like, eh, you know, better. It's okay. But it's not necessarily somebody that you're just, you know, wanting to get out there. And it, it doesn't feel to me, I'd like to have to look at his line. It doesn't feel like to me like Gallegos has pitched as much. Maybe it's just, and, and part of that's game situations. and yeah. like But it just doesn't feel like he's pitched nearly as much over the last you know, months to six weeks that he normally does. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. He used to just be the uh, the constant. And I feel like they put uh, they kind of put Cabrera on notice by not giving him many appearances after the spike ball incident. Mm. Um, and, I, and like I said, I don't have the numbers pulled up or anything, but I, I felt like it was a while before we saw him as well. So, so you know, maybe there's some growing up to get that that's going on, but you're right. It's that volatility of the bullpen that makes it so uh, so tough to trust. So he did that against it was against the Reds because I was at that yeah, game. Was, exactly. Uh, it was when we were there. He uh he pitched that game and then he didn't pitch again until the 29th against the Nationals, but the All-Star break was in there too. So let's see, the 29th was probably the that was the Sunday game. So he he really didn't miss. He missed one, two, three, four. He didn't really get a whole lot of time off there. No, it was the that was the Friday game that because he pitched again. He pitched twice in that that national series, so he really just missed one game um, and then had All Star break. So okay. he, didn't, he didn't. It uh, wasn't all that. Okay, he didn't do on that. It just the fact that the break was there. Gotcha. Um, what happened? So, um, and yeah, he just. I don't know. I said we'll see. I mean, there were times you know he pitched. That inning in a an inning in two thirds against the Yankees in a one run one nothing game and didn't allow anything but a walk. You know, um, he pitched a scoreless inning against the Cubs in a game that I think that was well that was the game that was at that point that game had gotten a little bit it was about three run game that's after the Tyler O'Neill home run. Um, so he's got outings where he does pretty well even in higher leverage, but you know when it blows up it blows up. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm very interested to see, you know, that is one place the Cardinals could, you know, get some other bullpen arms in there. But again, I, you know, that's a lot of the bullpen arms are just going to come from the minor leagues because why would you go out and pay for a bullpen arm when you've got minor leaguers that can probably do just as well, if not better because of the nature of, of relievers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's tough to pay a reliever regardless. You know what yep. I mean? Sometimes right. it's a necessity, but, uh, but yeah, that is, it is tough. And it's just, so, <laughs> it's funny. They're, they're, uh, gosh, it's just two to three years of success. And then same, things seem to fall apart, whether it's by in, injury or performance. It's just, it's just tough. The ups and downs to, uh, to fill a roster out with those guys. I mean, like right now you think that they'd probably be the envy of the league with the names that we brought out. You know, you go Helsley, Gallegos, Cabrera, and Hicks that people would love, but you know, it's, it's tough because when things go bad, it goes bad in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with relievers all at, you know, one bad night. Yeah, you exactly. Ball, you, know, or, you know, one bad pitch when 
you know, one thing and, and that can kind of snowball if, uh, after a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, what the usage is and all that kind of going down the stretch. Um, we just have to, have to see, and we'll see, you know, you know, again, you got Palante out there now. It's, is that, a, is that the spot that he's going to be in going forward or, you know, uh, is he going to be able to move his way back into the rotation at some point, you know, not this year, probably, but next, you know, again, that gets back to that discussion of how many, how many arms they have. So, um, before we wrap it up, um, today though, I think we should probably at least passing mention of the news from yesterday. That's not Cardinal related, but Fernando Tatis, um, burned with a, uh, steroid suspension, 80 games. So he's going to miss all of this year and, you know, what a decent part of a couple, you know, probably a month of next year about, um, maybe two, uh, do you think San Diego knew this was coming and that's why they went so hard after Soto? <laughs> you think that they thought, okay, we've got this really great thing. And then it just kind of blew up on them now. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's a good question because I thought it was, uh, I did think it was funny that, uh, he made it, he, he, his wording and I, I don't have it in front of me. It was something along the lines of, I was given the results of the test and I appealed. And then I withdrew my appeal, which means this has probably been going on for a little bit. You yeah. know, that's I, I did. I did wonder about that. I was like, I wonder if they pulled the plug on this trade before this was going to happen or whether they didn't think they were going to have him anyway. Um, you know, what I like about it was how candid the players were in the clubhouse after the game last night because they, they didn't pull punches. They were like, this is selfish. And this is the second time he's pulled this number on us. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to grow up. There was a lot of that sentiment. And what worries me, well, it doesn't worry me. I thought it was stupid in the first place. The extension of these younger guys, because they're going to get burned on this. You know, you're, they're losing money regardless because they extended him so far out. And, uh, you know, you know, to answer your question, I mean, I, it would not surprise me if that's why they had to pull the trigger on the Soto deal. And that that's dangerous because you cleared out your, uh, you know, you cleared out a lot of your minor league system. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and I don't know because you're not going to be able to, even if you wanted to, you couldn't trade Tatis for anything to replace those guys with. Oh yeah. Talented as he is, you know, with all the issues that he's had, you're paying, you know, the the, the Padres are paying to do that with that. I mean, it was, it turns out to be a massive mistake unless he comes back. Huge. I mean, he doesn't get paid during the suspension. So they say, three million dollars there it looks like 3.2 million man but still <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of a lot of issues um with with tete so that's yeah that is that's it is you're right though that you know giving the big contracts at the you know which you know again that's that's crazy right i mean he's got his money why are you taking steroids when you you know so at least if film i was trying to make for a big payday it's still not right. And you still don't agree with it, but I mean, you somewhat understand, but this guy's locked in for a long period of time. And, you know, I guess maybe the pressure to live up to that, but man, that just, I don't know. I, just, I know. I know. I completely agree. I mean, it, I don't know that it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it was, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's tough to wrap your head around it. And this is, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought as well. I was like, okay, has he, has he been cheating this whole time? I mean, is that some of it? Um, you know, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So this made relative to nothing. Wasn't his dad linked to stuff? Oh, boy. I don't know. Of course, you know, he was in the clubhouse with McGuire. So, um, yeah, for some reason, I thought that there, that he was named at some point. Uh, now, whether that means anything at all, I don't know. But I just, uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's tough. You can't, uh, you can't search for it and not because uh, it comes up with uh, all of the junior. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I, I feel like maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit naive here, but I got to feel like, you know, as this shows, if you're doing steroids, you're going to get caught. I don't, yeah. I mean, I think with the testing program that they've got in place and as often as we hear, usually minor leaguers getting caught with something that if you're doing this for any length of time, then yeah, you're going to get caught. I mean, could you do it in a short burst? Maybe, but I don't know how much of a impact that that has for you. Um, yeah. I just, I, I gotta, I kind of wonder And I think he'd have been better off because his ringworm excuse has not quite. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I think he'd be hey, better sir. off. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's just, there was, it blows me away. I know they have to put out some statement, but so, you know, there's times where you're just like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? When you read those things. Right. I do wonder if he would have been better off to, to basically do what McGuire did yeah. and, and say, look, I took them trying to get healthy. I was trying to, you know, yeah. stay healthy. Um, I mean, it doesn't make it right and you're still going to have punished, but at least people would understand that. I mean, that's if, you know, if that's why, I mean, if that's why I'm taking it, I think people, at least I do, you, I think you look at it different in this guy is trying to stay on the field versus this guy's just trying to, you know, increase his numbers. Now, you know, does that, is that what that actually means? I don't know. But I, I feel like given McGuire's injury history and when it sounds like he started taking steroids and the power that he had as a rookie without them, I, I believe that with him, you know, and with Tatis having these injury issues, you know, I would probably believe that he was trying to take something that would, you know, help him heal up and do things of that nature. Now, yeah, again, Joe, if Joe's listening to this, he's probably telling me that those steroids don't do that. And, um, you know, maybe that's the case. Um, but at least that would seem more reasonable than trying to, you know, <laughs> accentuate a talent that he obviously already has. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you're just like, it seems like those releases sometimes just dig the hole even deeper. And yeah. it's, yeah. it's unreal. Yeah. I think if you just come out and say, yep, yeah, I messed up. Sorry. I'll just serve my suspension. You're a lot better off than, well, I was trying to do this. And yeah, nobody, yeah. And again, people have pointed out you don't treat ringworm that way. And, and definitely not yeah. with, uh, with the one you're talking about. And so it's, uh, it's a mess. So again, Cardinals have a game tonight, game tomorrow. They really, they got to win at least one of those, right? I, oh, I think yeah. they need to, need to leave. The Brewers need to leave town down. Um, and you know, today's a, today should be an interesting one. Wainwright and Burns. Yeah. Um, maybe tough one to win. Um, but you gotta, you gotta pull out one of these two. Cause you only got four games left of the Brewers after this. Yeah. Um, the head to heads are going to be, you know, you can't rely on that. 
Um, and then at least they get the day off. Then they have three with the Rockies at home, which should go a little different than three of the Rockies in Colorado. <laughs> um, <laughs> Historically, yes. Yes. No. And then you get you go to Arizona, you have three there, and then you have five next week with the Cubs, including that, you know, the double hutter from earlier. Uh, while the Rockies have, I, I know they have the Dodgers this week, um, and I don't know who they have next weekend. You know, I'd like to say that you could make up some ground there, but then the Cardinals had the Rockies this week, and the Brewers then wound up sweeping a two-game set with the Rays, and and didn't uh, that didn't help any. So, yeah. Um, but still, I mean, this is a it's kind of a big week, I think, for them to start establishing a little bit of security there at the top. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like I feel like this is a must-win series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's. It says a lot mid-August, but I think that this is one where you do have to kind of start stretching the lead if you if if you're going to win the division. Uh, you have the pitching lined up that that can do that. You know, of course, you have Burns, and then I, then I, I'm not sure what what luck Ashby's had against them, but it seems to have been good. I know that in his relief role the last couple of years, he's been really good against them. Um, so we'll see. But it is the Brewers. You never know, and. Uh, you hope that you can maybe extend it out a little bit this week and start uh, start making a little bit of room. Um, and it would be awesome. I mean, I, I will say this. Last week, I'm going to be a victim of uh, your recency bias, but the Cubs and Yankees series last week was just magic. I yeah. Last week's, but last weekend's baseball was fun to watch. Uh, and it was one of those that's like, you know, you're going to lose a little bit of that luster over the years as all these teams come in since they're going to play the home and home against right. everybody yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah. But to hear that they had the two biggest crowds in stadium history uh, after hosting an all-star game and all the World Series games they had is pretty special. Yeah. And the the atmosphere, I thought, even from the Tuesday night game against Chicago was pretty electric. I, I thought last week was a lot of fun to watch. I, I agree. I agree. And I, I do, I'm not a fan of this schedule change. I mean, it, yeah, it's nice to be able to see some of these teams, but I think some of, I mean, one, I'm still not a big fan of interleague play. Yeah. So that yeah. You know, I don't care. But also, I mean, after, after five years, does it matter if you're seeing the Yankees? Does it matter if you're seeing the angels every year. I mean, yeah. does going to Fenway lose a lot or going to Yankee stadium when you're going every other year? Is that, I mean, I feel like some of the, like you said, some of this is, you know, you're not getting 46,000 for the Yankees. I don't think if they're coming, you know, Oh, well, if I miss this one, I'm going to, I can just watch them. Well, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and there's going to be creativity on the schedule, but you know, next year or the year after, whenever it works, they may come on a Tuesday night. You know what I mean? And that's, I don't know. that That's the one thing that bothers me about it. Now, I may be on record saying this very same thing five years ago. I just feel like the first steps of a big realignment are working. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. uh, and and I may be wrong, but I feel like that's part of this too as well. And it may be a, hey, we're going to do this for t- a couple to two years or two to maybe four years before we go back to a National League, American League style of scheduling. I don't know. You know, I, yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but I do think there's a shift in the scheduling dynamic coming. I think so. And I, I don't know if we can go this far, but now with the DH and with this scheduling, 
I think there's an off a, a non-zero possibility they get rid of leagues entirely, right? And the top the top twelve or the top fifteen or sixteen teams or whatever yeah. inside the playoffs to be, they go. And it might be that it used to, it would be in you know a formerly you know might be nine or ten formerly AL teams and the rest are the formerly nationally teams. But it's just everybody's kind of thrown in one big pot. And or I mean, maybe yeah, yeah. No, and uh, maybe like an, an NBA type schedule. I I thought about that as well, especially when you're seeing some of these divisions. And I mean, historically, that's how it's been. I mean, some of these teams used to not make the playoffs, but you know, is there going to be three West teams? You know what I mean? Is there going to be three mm-hmm. East teams? Is there going to be? Are we still going to look at the Central as the, as the weakest of the divisions because of of how the standings look? You know what I mean? One of those deals. And it, a couple of years of that, and this would be the second year of that potentially happening. To where they're going to be like, okay, well, we're going to need to do this, and then, then it, if it it makes the playoff way to that first series even bigger, you know, if it's if you're going through, uh, you know, just the top, you know, whatever teams. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope that it doesn't get that drastic, but we're already well away from the standards that we grew up with. Yeah, you know, yeah. Back when they actually had National League and American League presidents you know that you know worked under the commissioner but the leagues were different enough you know you you you, uh appealed your punishment to the different you know league president and you know the umpires were pretty much national league or american league umpires too um you know they didn't they tended to stay in their own divisions um you know fewer teams of course and no interleague play and no wild cards at all that's it's significantly different than what you and i grew up with in in the 80s um which I don't necessarily think it's better, but you know, I don't, you know, some may, and then there's, and, and obviously the Cardinals have had advantage of the wild card and, and some of this other stuff has helped them. And the three divisions definitely has, because we wouldn't be talking about, you know, their run of success as much if they were still in the old NL East, you know? Yeah. Um, but mm. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. You can't rule out something like that, or at least a significant shift in to maybe you know. Yeah, maybe it's three divisions, um, and they put all the east and west. I don't think the, I don't, the only reason I don't know if they would do that is because there's a lot of money involved for the Yankees to and the Red Sox, and then on the other side the Dodgers yeah. or whatever to be winners and be successful. And I don't know that they'd want to lump both New York teams into the same spot. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, perhaps, Um, but I definitely think they could shift some stuff so that, you know, the NL central is different. I mean, you know, at some point in time, do they take Pittsburgh and move them somewhere else and they bring in the white Sox or something of that nature? Yeah. You know, this, the changes that they've made have made that a lot easier to do. Yeah. um, By the way, you you asked about Andy or Aaron Ashby. Andy Ashby is a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron Ashby has only pitched against the Cardinals once, four innings, no runs, two hits. Uh, but he, oh, I'll take that. No earned runs. He gave up three runs against mm-hmm. them. Okay. Uh, no earned runs. He struck out four, uh, walked walked four. So it, it was kind of a iffy. Yeah, <laughs> if that's true. Outing. I you so, know I don't watch a ton of Milwaukee, but I've seen enough to where he throws the past few years, and I could have just assumed that was against the Cardinals. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. For, to, to think that and it doesn't mean that he won't pitch well against Cardinals this That's time. True. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, he hasn't necessarily historically. 
Uh, also think the Cardinals need to pile up some um, pile up some wins, pile up some gap between them and the Brewers. Because even though their schedule is easier for the most part down the you know the rest of the way, they've got the Padres and the Dodgers the next to last week of the yeah. season out in the West Coast, and that's always tough. You you yes. want to have before you get there. No, I agree. That's I the West Coast trips are brutal anyway. I mean, not as a fan, they're so late, and as mm-hmm. a player, the, the the change in timing is brutal. Yeah, yeah. So. But it does give them, man, September, they've got a, a, a one, two, three, four off days. Um, so that, that helps. Mm-hmm. So, and yep. finishing up with six against the Pirates isn't bad either. So, all right. Well, we've we've done it as much as we can do it this week. Um, we'll be back next week talking about hopefully still the first place Cardinals and seeing where they stack up before, uh, before they go on to the rest of August. So, until next time, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Suter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's a winner. That's a winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals.